You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. You know what? Even in Kinross, Michigan. You had to adapt with your coffee, yep. I did. I had to do an adaptation, but I didn't have to change because traveling with me is my, oh, bosom buddy, good friend. (laughs) Um, my Keurig one cup machine. There you go. <laughs> Captain Keurig and Captain Canada are traveling together. And <laughs> I have with me a small bag of the Tim Hortons, uh, you know, medium blend coffee that goes into Mr. Keurig, and out comes that delicious cup of coffee mixed with the uh, wonderful uh, adaptation of International Creamers. Actually, this one is uh, Walmart's. What's Walmart's brand? Um, is it Equate or Equal or something like that? I don't remember, I remember. but something like that. Anyways, yeah. yeah. So they came out with a cream with the cream and sugar in it, and you put that with that Tim Hortons coffee. You got Tim Hortons, my there friend. There you go. Awesome. awesome. Hey, and I've had I've had like three people in the last two weeks send me pictures. I'm at Tim Hortons. I'm thinking of you. I'm having my first Tim That's Hortons. Great. I'm thinking of you. It's great, man. It's awesome. So um, one one pastor. Uh, his brother Lehman sent uh, a picture and said, uh, "Hey, it's uh, it's uh, Tim time." And him and his son were having coffee, and another pastor sent me one. My my son's first coffee, and I said, "Oh, he finally becomes a man." <laughs> <laughs> it right it's a right passage. passage. There you go. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, so. speaking of adapting, yeah. Um, I don't want to really make this public, but I guess I am. Yeah. So. I'm working with a nutritionist. Ooh. So I have had to adapt. Yeah. How's that going? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You've been eating terrible, haven't you? Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's like egg whites and, uh, you know, turkey sausage. And, you know, I mean, it's oh. it's been wow. And so yeah. I made it through most of Smite. Wow. Real well. And I have to say, wow. thank you, thank you to Sean Perkins and mm. uh, Jenna Karnakolis and uh, Holly Lawn for wow. adapting the menu. They, wow. you know, I'm, I, I was sort of just talking about it. I wasn't, because I was figuring, because I let them know, look, I may not make every meal because I'm on this strict program. And they're like, no, we'll cook it all for you. Because I guess they do that for some people with some, with some uh, dietary, dietary restrictions needs. and things. Wow. You know, so I am wow. so appreciative of them. They helped me yep. a lot. I only, yep. I only had one bad thing, and oh. it was semi bad, and it was Mister Hero. I took a whole yes. bus load of fifteen teens to Mister Hero, and yes. a bunch of them had their very first Roman burger. So Ooh. either I elevated their life or I led them into sin. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Which one? But, um, yeah. but I did get the cheeseburger. But I brought two whole wheat, not whole wheat, whole grain, oh, pieces of bread 
to put it on. I had them cook it plain and put it on there. It wasn't quite the same, but it was the best thing I've eaten in, you know, oh, two, two and a yeah. half weeks. So Yeah. So I, too, have gone to a nutritional change, and so I bought <laughs> a box of Oreo cookies. <laughs> and I want to tell you, those cor- those cookies are one of my absolute favorites of all time, especially the new vanilla ones. You can't beat them things with a glass <laughs> of milk. But what I did was I took the cookies out and I ate the box. And man, do I feel good. <laughs> I got so much fiber, it's unbelievable. <laughs> that's about the way it is. Like when you're our age and you got to make the change, that's about as bad as it is. But yep, my buddy. So I'm not on a diet. Oh, no, I'm no. Changing it's my a life, life change. So. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yep. And I got a buddy, uh, Mark Horn, has been a, a lifetime buddy of mine, and we reconnected, and he's lost. Uh, 70 pounds awesome. since I think February. He's done really, really well. Awesome. And so he's been a great incentive for me. He kind of shared what he was doing and it's something I can do. And I've lost 10. As, uh, as we record this, I've lost 10 pounds. So awesome. I still got about another 30 to go. So hopefully by the end of the year, I will be svelte. I will be awesome. slim and trim. And then we'll have to change. Be, good that we're changing our jingle because we'll have to say, we're here to bump you up. Pump you up. Hey, we've had a couple more come in. Thanks for reminding me. We've had a couple more come in, and uh, that's still on. So don't forget, uh, we need uh, a new opening musical yes, thank you, thank introduction. You. Uh, we've had one who has done a new kind of voiceover uh, introduction for us, and um, we've got one that's got uh, a tune and a little break for us. So. You know, if we're doing something, we awesome. need to take a little break. We can throw that in there. So, yeah, keep those coming in for show 1000, and uh, we'll air those and let people decide. The people, the People's Choice Award, the people will decide. And if there they choose wrong, then we will decide. So whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever works. <laughs> we're independent fundamental Baptists. We don't change. We're in charge. I don't care if I'm not pastoring. I'm in charge. Welcome to Baptist Fascism. Yeah, be, there you go. <laughs> where, where it's not only doctrine, it's dictatorship. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, my friend, it is time to analyze. Yep. It's time to take a look. It's time to investigate. What are we going to do? Our ministry has stalled. We're not seeing things happen. Um, we're getting a little discouraged what are we going to do? One of the words that we've chosen for ministry update is analyze. Mm-hmm. Let these folks know how you are analyzing your ministry because you've made some changes. I mean, Baptist Ed is a change, and you've made some changes there at the church, and there'll be some changes coming. Uh, how are you analyzing your ministry to make those changes? The first thing I'm doing is trying my best to be to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, um, to 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 wind up reworking something just because you're bored of it, or you think it's not being effective. I don't know how wise that is. I think we've got to analyze it and examine it through the lens of Scripture. Is there something that we're doing that we're missing? I mean, I'm like you. I like hearing all kinds of ideas, and then I look and say. That's interesting. That's a great Bible premise. I think we may be missing that aspect of service. Uh, how can I adapt that to our church? 
not just copy it and say, hey, this other church did it, so this is automatically going to work great. So the first thing about analyzing is trying to be honest. You got to be honest. Sensitive to the Holy Spirit will allow you to look at yourself honestly. And once we start examining honestly of, of it, can we do better? Should we do better? Yeah, we all should do better. But okay, if it needs to be better, how can we make it better? Yeah, I had to take a very honest look at our ministry and I had to ask these questions. I had to ask, is the Holy Spirit at work in our ministry? And I, I answered, I, I said, yes, I believe the Holy Spirit is present. Is our church responding to the movement of the Holy Spirit? And I had to honestly say, no, I didn't think they were. And I had to ask myself, am I responding yeah, to the work of the Holy Spirit? And I had to answer, no. I had to be honest. And I had to ask myself that question, then why am I not? Yeah. And I just felt that we'd gotten into a rut. We'd just yeah. gotten into doing the same thing. It worked for a number of years. Change began to happen slowly. Um, and, I, you know, I had to get to a place where I had to just say, you know, I've got to do something. As much as I'd been taught and, and had learned you don't change, I had to change. Or our ministry was going to see failure. And so I had to then beg the Holy Spirit, as you just said, to show me, to give me some insight as to what we could do. And he did. And it was awesome. Um, but then I had to I had to get our folks to receive that as well. And I think three of the biggest ministries we had all came about by that same process. Uh, the first was our help program. We took what worked in the United States in SMITE, and we brought it to Canada. We changed the name to just differentiate, but we had the same program. And we found that it worked well, but it didn't work great. Um, people just weren't as responsive in Canada as they were in the United States um, because it never been any, like, anything like that had never been done. Mm -hmm. So we, we kind of had to introduce that to people, what we were doing. Um, the other one was our uh, Bearing Precious Seed Canadian Gospel Project. That was brand new for our folks. Um, that took some some analyzing and some ideas given. And then, um, you know, our bus ministry. Uh, we were one of the only churches, if not the only church in town, that had a bus ministry. The Pentecostals, I think, had one a few years after we started ours, but they could never get theirs to go, um, I think, because we had just really captured the city with that thing. So those are some things that we really had to analyze and ask. And then we got to where we were analyzing every year and Brother Holland was awesome at this. He kept great statistics. You know, this is where we grew. This is when we grew. This is where we lost. And we had to analyze that and ask ourselves, why did it grow? Why did it fail? Different things like that. So it's, it's, a, it's a process. It's not just, hey, let's try something new, and we'll see if it works. We really thought it through, and I think you do the same thing. I think there's another aspect that really helped me because I've done this with you, and I've done this with two other people where I've said, hey, you're coming in, and I want you, when you come in this time, to try to have those eyes of coming here for the very first time. Right. And what can we do better? You know, people that I trust, people that I know are not just going to go, oh, you guys are great, you know, because they don't want to offend me. Um, you know, you're so used to offending me that it wasn't any problem, mm -hmm. you know. So, mm -mm, mm -mm. yeah. So, well, 
Yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to say, but but the problem is you didn't listen to what I said, and that's why I don't tell you because you're still the pastor there and things are still stagnant. <laughs> but, you know, whether it's buildings, whether it's programs, whether it's the way we do the service, whether and, and there were some good, good points. I think you can get someplace, and I'm not for, you know, jumping and hopping all over the place with all your ministries all the time, you know, it, pastor here for a year, pastor there for two and a half years. I mean, unless God's sent you to salvage places and you get it stable mm-hmm. and you go to another hurting place and get it stable. I mean, that's a that's a different aspect. But yeah. uh, sometimes we just run away because we just, you know, don't want to deal with some issues or we didn't look well enough before we even, you know, came there. But uh, to I think there's one of the disadvantages of longevity can be getting in a rut, like what you said. We know this mm-hmm. has worked, and we'll just work it harder. So when you analyze something, you know, get a friend. You've got to consider the time. You've got to consider the number of people, and you've got to consider the money that's invested. And so are mm-hmm. you getting the yield? I don't really want to get results, but are you getting back the yield that you should from your crop? If not, mm-hmm. then maybe you got to add some nutrients or maybe you need to plant something different. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. we're going to be planting the Word of God. But a- as you look and examine, you know, maybe we need more water. Maybe we need more insecticide. I mean, that's we're looking at the crop that we would get uh, from the Lord. And so I, I think it, it does justice to reexamine those things and, and to say, can we do better? Trying to analyze it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I've had other pastors like yourself ask me. And uh, one of the things I appreciate about you is if you ask me, you know, is there thing I should change? And I make a suggestion, you make the change, but or at least try the change. Yeah. But I've been in a number of churches where preachers say, is there anything you see or anything? I say, well, I will tell (laughs) you, but are you going to make the change if I tell you? And I found that most Baptist preachers either get offended Yes. If you tell them they need to change something or they get hurt that you've told them you have to change something yes. or they didn't really want to know because they don't change it anyways. Yeah. And so if you're going to ask that question, you've got to be willing to listen to what people say and make that change. And I just I was in a church not long ago and a guy asked me that and I said, well, here's what I change. I said, I think this is a good idea. And I was back in that church, you know, a while later. And um, I got to tell you, didn't make the change. And I thought, well, if you ask me again, I'm not going to tell them. Right. Don't don't ask if you're not going to look, you know, to use the idea. And maybe they didn't thought, yeah, it's not a viable idea. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I get that. But um, that's that's part of the problem of analyzing. You you've got to be willing to take one on the chin and say, you know what, this guy's right. Our music is too slow. Our our slides are too whatever. You know. I, I commented here in Ross Com, or in uh, Kinross, sorry, uh, this past Sunday. Um, their guys that did their slides did a great job, amazing. Um, they, you know, I'd say the scripture that I'm reading from, man, they had it on the screen, and and I hadn't given it to them beforehand. Um, they're doing a tally of their tracks right as they're giving them. They're doing it on the screen. Wow, guys that's amazing. great. They were. It was amazing. And, uh, I mean, that kind of stuff is phenomenal. And if I see an error in a lot of churches, it's with it's with their slide stuff. Um, the, you know, the, the guys just don't bring the words up fast enough for the next verse. 
in Canada, it drives me crazy. A lot of Canadian churches will just cut and paste the words to hymns and put them on the screen. And a lot of it's from an American hymnal. And the words are spelled different. They don't have the oh, O-U-R. Yeah. Yep, yep. And that it that just drives me crazy. I'm like, mm. we're in Canada. This is how we spell the word and uh, stuff like that. But yeah, I, I had to analyze many times and ask myself those questions. And I got to where it hurt, but I had to do it. And I would ask other guys. I'd ask guys like you, is there anything that we can change? And I just got to a point where I thought, you know what? If they notice it, other people are noticing it too, and I better make the change. All right, so let's address the word change. Yes. Because that word is offensive to me um, as a as a preacher. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I do resist change because I want to be the same person. I, I want mm-hmm. our church to be identified with those first century churches. You know, mm-hmm. I, I am Baptist, and I and I believe mm-hmm. that those first century churches would be identified as a Baptist church today. Mm-hmm. And so, sure. uh, whenever I hear the word change, you know, it it it, it bothers me. I, I bristle whenever I hear mm-hmm. it. So, from my way of thinking, change is bad. It, right. As I as I think of it in that in that way, that. Um, why would I change my doctrine? Why would I change my preaching? Why would I change, um, uh, you know, my positions? I look at that as fundamental and core. Uh, and so I don't like to use the word change because I think it, you know, gets misrepresented. Um, you know, so just as we're thinking about change, I don't like change. I, I want to grow. I want to be be closer to Christ. I want to be stronger in the things of the Lord. I want to be more effective, but I don't want to change. So I know right. that that's just etymology, I know. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I would, I would ask this, and do you wear the same suit every Sunday? We're about the same kind. But... Yeah, but you wear, a different, you wear a different color. You wear a different, yeah. different tie. You haven't changed what's on the inside. You're just changing what's on the outside. And the change you've made does not change who you are, but it does bring a change. And I think I think that's the way we've got to look at this, that we're not changing what is fundamentally sound. We're changing the packaging so that it's maybe, uh, I want to say more appealing, but maybe it's, it's um, you know, just more timely. I mean, we wear different clothes than they wore in the first century church. We meet in different buildings than they met in the first century church. Um, you know, we're, we have a we have a completed Bible that they didn't have until, you know, hundreds of years into the first century church. So um, there, there's a lot of things that have changed that we immediately think, and I don't know why we do this, because I do the same thing. We immediately, when we see change, we think, i got to change my doctorate. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about changing the color of the interior of the church. We're talking about starting a bus ministry. We're starting about a different visitation program. We immediately go to the core doctrinal beliefs we have and think, well, we can't change right. that. I can't that, change that my That is exactly, you're, you're exactly right. But yeah. th- the problem is, is that... Um, We've got to be sure, at least I want to be sure, that the adaptations, the you know, new ministries, deleting the old, whatever we're going to do, I want to make sure that I am not, that, that the, uh, 
the impetus or the reason that I'm making these different uh, adaptations are not because of culture, but it's because of the Holy Spirit in order to reach people better. And and so yeah. I guess that's that's why I bristle at change because just the word change, because so yeah. many people are saying, well, you got to change, you got to adapt to the culture. In, in other words, right. inviting the culture into the church, inviting what, what I think sometimes is worldliness into the church in mm -hmm. order for the underlying goal of, well, we're going to reach more people. But mm -hmm. our number one goal is to glorify God in mm -hmm. our lives. And right. the the church that I pastor does not belong to me. It belongs to Jesus Christ. And so he has given me and us the 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 whole power and ability to be effective. Right. And so when we leave scripture foundation and leave um, the the Holy Spirit, his guidance, and then look to the world to make those differences because we will reach more, and that's what we say. Maybe it's just more attendance or whatever it is, and um, that's what I think of change. So right. it, as we're using this word. Okay, uh, so I'm going to challenge what you just said to a degree. So you said that you don't want to bring the culture into the church, but I would ask you, do you have television screens at the front of your church for people to view announcements and songs and maybe sometimes sermon points. Yeah, that's not culture, that's technology. Well, it is technology, but that's part of our culture. And you don't you don't have to have that come into the church because we've never had that before, but you've done it because it is that's how people do Wait, I don't think the first to, church ever had bulletins either, you know. Well, right, that's what I'm saying. That's that's part of the adaptation to where we're at as far as the society. We've got technology today that's amazing, and we use it because our people use it. Your people look at a screen every day for hours, and we've brought that in because it is a way that people do um, utilize their ability today to communicate. We use those screens to communicate the message better because— that's how they do it. Do you still have a paper bulletin? Do you still use that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, we, it's we short, did away with, just a one-page thing. Right. We did away with that because we went to announcements on the screen. We did video announcements because I, I saw some value in that. But um, I, I think we do bring somewhat of the culture because the fashion of the church changes. I mean, the way that churches used to have paneling on the walls. A lot of churches had paneling because that was big in the 70s. That's gone out. Now it's drywall. It's bright. It's airy. Um, so I think we do. And, and I know what you're saying. You don't want to bring the negative aspects of culture into the church where we'd say, well, everybody's just real casual and everybody just you know does what they want. No, we don't want that but we can bring some of those other aspects in that is part of our culture. Yeah, I, I would still, and I know we're splitting hairs here, right, but, right. but I still would consider, you know, using resources is a lot different than relying on culture you know, because the culture is going to change. 
all mm-hmm. the time. And so are we going to change with it just because of it? That's why I'm talking about that we we become different and we are different, not that our methods are different, that somehow mm-hmm. we have changed that, and we have allowed that our culture or what we would say scripturally, the world, to influence who we are and what we are, and therefore we become subservient or a follower of the world mm-hmm. and not truly followers of Christ. That's what I fear. Right, right. And, and, and I agree, I agree, but even as we record this today, um, I will tell you that we have changed culturally because if we'd have recorded this 15, 20 years ago, both of us would have had a suit or and tie on or just a shirt and tie. Today we're both in casual attire, um, and that's that's part of a cultural change because um, it, it just has. It just That's the way things have changed. A lot of churches, guys are wearing a nice golf shirt or they're wearing a nice you know button-up shirt. Yeah, we've uh, done and they're that working for in the years. Church. And you know yeah, why? Because right. you got tired of wrecking good clothes. No, because where we are going out on visitation, a shirt and tie, everybody assumes you're Mormons. So, right, you know, right. So, and I know we're splitting hairs here, but uh, to me there's a big difference between wearing a shirt and tie or uh, doing everything everybody else is doing. Like we're trying to keep up with the Joneses. In other words, that right. we've got to be a cutting-edge Baptist church that is really not much different than a neo-evangelical church. Right, right. I get it. Wow. 25 minutes, buddy. Got a little long today. Yep. Yeah, I knew we this would is a good once one, we were this is good. looking at where we're going. Yeah, it's a good one. Good one. Well, let's leave it there because we got to have something for Friday, and we do have lots for Friday. We're going to look at... Um, Here's some other words. I don't know if we'll get to all these or something. Well, but the I one think that, that we'll... How about just leave a teaser? There are two okay. words here that right. are used interchangeably and are never really the same. Okay. There right. you go. I don't even know what he's talking about, but we'll look at a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I know one word. I know we're going to talk about the same words, but... You've changed so much culturally in the last 25 minutes, I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. Well, I've always been more relevant than you. Well, you're so hip-hop happening. Ever since you went back to that youth department and became the youth pastor, you know, the 60-year-old youth pastor, wow, you've really, you're mod. Yeah, there he is. His name is Pastor Wolven, and he's come to preach. (laughs) He's only five foot four, so he doesn't have a reach. (laughs) Bus driving. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Oh, man. Oh, they're right. The last five minutes are as good as the other 20. I'm Al Stone. I got to get out of here. I got young people to preach to. Amen. Uh, I hope that uh, you'll take a good look at your ministry this Amen. week and ask, what What are we doing? How's it doing? How are we going? And can we make uh, some change that still fits the Bible? That's my hope for you today. This is Dan Wolven. want to encourage you not to change. Please uh, stay the same way that you are, but, ad- <laughs> but adapt your ministry. 
update and adapt your ministry. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Etymology, thank you so much for that. I got to give myself a etymology. I just throw it out there today. So I think you already used it. We'll share that one. This is Tim Talks. We'll be back on Friday. Get ready. It's coming. Uh, Don't change this. Don't change your dial. Don't change your podcast. Stay the same forever. Tim Talks. Yeah. (laughs) Have a great day. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.